Well, like almost 20 years ago, I followed Roger as a missions pastor. I didn't know how I'd follow that either, so I might as well not know how to follow this now. As Pastor Chuck shared with us this month of June, we're wrapping up this series that we've called It's Not an Option, that we've been set apart as God's people to be sent out to make a difference. And we just heard that so clearly as Pastor Janine shared the story of Roger and Lily Bosch, not just here at Lake, but, but beyond this place. Over this past month, one of the things we've really tried to focus on, though, is finding connection points for all of us. You know, the, the first week, we all celebrated the completion of a translation of a Quechua Bible 55 years in the making that one of our Lake members had been involved in and celebrated its dedication. We, we, had, a, we had a week where we talked with Randy Needy Nelson, and, and, and with that came this invitation, and I want to underscore it. On July, at the, go on the website. You can find out about this virtual short-term mission. If you've never been on short-term mission, we're going to do it here in Pasadena to Kenya in the end of July. And we're going to connect with one of our community partners while we do it as we learn together what prayer evangelism looks like, something you can do in your neighborhood. And we're going to pray for the work going on in northern Kenya with the Nelsons as we work together on that weekend. Go on the web. Check it out. And then I want to invite you to join me for the next 40 days on a journey. We're going to do a journey together called Your Part in God's Story. Spend 40 days with Jesus as you explore 40 decisive moments from Genesis to Revelation and discover your part in God's story. You can see me after the service and pick up a devotional book for 40 days in a row, about 30 minutes. You can, again, read more on the website about this. I've got an interview with the author of this devotional recently published. Because this devotional really is the lead, it summarizes where we've been, and even today where we're about to go. One of the goals of this time that Pastor Jeff set out is, Scott, I want us to connect with our international staff, our missionary family during this time. I want our Lake family, because many of you are newer to Lake from the pandemic and beyond. You, you have no idea the rich history and the amazing folks that we've had the privilege to send Today, you're going to get a chance to meet another one of those. Larry Walker and his wife, Kathy, were church planters sent out by their church in Texas to Central America, where they planted churches amongst the Mayan people. A few years after that, they were called back to no longer plant churches, but to plant vision for mission in churches in North America. Larry Walker, I believe, probably knows more about churches in mission in North America than any other living human. He has coached so many churches and so many individuals, even as you heard Pastor Roger say, I too have been the privileged beneficiary of that relationship. Well, over the, he became part of this family when he and Kathy moved to Pasadena for a number of years, and they immediately jumped in to our missions program activities. Some years ago, Roger, you were just saying about being new things, not done. Some years ago, God planted a seed in Larry and Kathy and began to woo them back south of our border. So for the last number of years, Larry and Kathy have been mobilizing the church in Mexico to send Mexican workers to the most unreached peoples of the world. Those are the peoples that have the least access to the gospel. So we were talking about ending this series We've been talking about the what's. What are we? We're his treasure possession. What are we? We're a kingdom of priests. What are we set apart? But what's the why behind the what? 
Larry today is going to help us see the why behind the what. And so today we're going to be in Psalm 96. And I want to invite you to stand for the reading of God's word. Psalm 96, 1 to 7. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Praise his name. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all the gods. For all the gods of the nations, they are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and glory are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. And this is the word of God. You may be seated. Wow, what's in the bag? Good morning, Lake Avenue. What, a, what an honor to be back before you this morning. And to be here on the morning that we're honoring Roger and Lily. I remember when Kath and I moved to Pasadena from San Diego. And... Uh, we never discussed which church we were going to attend. I mean, that was already a settled question. And the very first Sunday we attended, we went back over the corner over there and, and where the, the visitors were supposed to sign up. And I wrote a little card and I said, Roger and Lily, here we are. How, how would you like to use us? And within very shortly, Roger gave me a call. I ended up on on mobilization team, uh, one of the mission teams here in Lake Avenue. Actually served on the search committee that hired Scott as mission pastor. So you can blame it on me, you know. (laughs) But uh, I have been greatly influenced by Ralph Winter, of course, as many of us have. And uh, so this church, our relationship with this church is deep and wide. We consider this church to be our primary sending church. And Kathy and I thank you for many years of prayers and, and support. Exodus 19 is one of those, it's one of those summary, I like to call it a summary passage. Ralph Winter always reminded us the Bible really is only one story. It's a story about God's glory. And the theology of mission really is carried by the story of that narrative. And you have to really understand the details of that narrative to understand the theology of mission. But there are a few summary passages. Genesis 12, 1 to 3. Exodus 19, 1 to 6. One of those 
summary passages. To me, Exodus 19, 1-6 is talking about who we are and what we do. Of course, it was talking about Israel. It was talking about the the vocation that Israel was to carry out as a nation of priests, of being a light to the nations, as Isaiah liked to say. And then Peter, in his first letter, basically summarized that same passage, paraphrased that passage, to talk about our vocation, that, that we are a royal priesthood, that, that we are to declare the glory of God to the nations. So as, as Scott just mentioned, Scott asked me to come and talk about the why. The why of Exodus 1, 9 to 6. I'll never forget in the mid-80s, I was mission pastor at Fellowship Bible Church in Dallas. I had been a missionary already, helped start a New Testament translation, started a Christian school, trained leaders in 20 churches, Kathy started a nutrition center, and, uh, but I got to hear about rough winter and unreached people groups, and all of a sudden, I realized I didn't know very much about, about mission. And Dr. Winter was actually trying to recruit me back in those days, put my face on the front page of Mission Frontiers. That was my 15 minutes of fame. It's been downhill ever since then. But I'll never forget in that context, I had, I had, I had been initiated to, to this, this whole concept of, of peoples that never had access to the gospel. That not, not only had never heard the gospel, but they could not hear the gospel. Because there was no church. In, in many, many ways, many instances, not even a, a translation of the, of the Bible for them to use. It was in that context, in a, in a business meeting. Jeff, you love business meetings, don't you? Aren't those cool? We had a business meeting in our church, and up on the, up on the platform were all the senior staff, and the congregation were asking us questions. I'll never forget that young lady in the very front row, she stands up, and she says, I don't get it. I just don't get it. There are people all around our church, in our neighborhoods, same culture, same language, who don't know Christ. I don't understand why we're taking so many resources and so much energy to send missionaries to Mexico and to Eastern Europe and and other places. I just don't get it. Why missions? 
Let me ask you, what do you think of that question? Is that a good question? Or is that a bad question? Say yes. Because I know what you're thinking. I've talked to audiences for 40 years. And that's always the question that comes to mind. This is costly. It's dangerous. It takes a lot of money. Why should we be doing this? When there are so many needs among our own people, it is an absolutely legitimate question. And if people like me cannot answer that question, then I should go find another job. To me, there are a number of reasons why. But there's one principal reason. So this morning, we're going to talk about why missions. And and we're going to say the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. So what is the main thing? The word passion is a powerful word. Do you have passion? Are there things you're passionate about? Passion is the heart set free to pursue that which is truly worthy. Those who set their hearts on that which is most worthy, the glory of God, live with joy-filled abandon. Their hearts are seized and satisfied with the ambition for Jesus to be ardently worshipped. That love comes to dominate and integrate all other desires so as to live in the freedom of single-minded purpose. I love that word, passion. Not about duty, about passion. Now, what's in the bag? Eh? What's in the bag? What's in the bag? Passion. Do I do I hear any? Do I have any booze out there? Don't we don't we have any? Come on, let's come on, let's let's have some booze. The first speaker in the history of Lake Avenue Church to be booed in the pulpit. Put it down, Jeff. I love baseball. I've lived in San San Diego for 20 years, more than 20 years off and on. And for decades, San Diego had a really, really bad baseball team. But I watched them anyway. 
You know what? San Diego no longer has a really bad baseball team. We have a pretty good baseball team. San Diego Padres. Yeah. San Diego Padres. And what about this? Huh? Uh-oh. 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 Night before last, he hit three home runs in one game. Passion. Passion is very important. I have lots of passions. Baseball is only one of them. I love, I love to read. I love to hike, backpack. Those days are probably over for me now. I've been to the top of Half Dome three times. I learned, I, I started backpacking here at Lake when the men's ministry started a backpacking ministry. That was the first time I went backpacking. Um, but you know what? Baseball... You know, I said Tatis, my Tatis. Hit three home runs the night before last. Padres got killed last night by the lowly Arizona Diamondbacks. If, if you place your foundation on baseball, it, it, it's a very woozy foundation. <laughs> you are, you are going to be, you're going to be disappointed. And it, you know, it's great to have a passion for baseball, for lots of different things. You could, you could name your passions. But, but the, the passion that I'm talking about here this morning is a passion for the glory of God, which is, to, which is found in Jesus to be ardently worshiped. That is a passion that comes to dominate and to integrate all other passions so that they're, so that they're to, as to live in the freedom of single-minded purpose. And that'll never let us down. Now, let's listen to how John Piper talks about this issue. He can say it much better than I can. You heard John Piper speak? You know, his veins in his neck, they're poking out and it's amazing when he speaks. He says, missions is not the ultimate purpose of the church. Worship is. Missions exist because worship doesn't. So what is the main thing? The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. What is the main thing? It is not missions. The main thing is worship. Worshiping an awesome God. When he says missions exist because worship doesn't, what is he talking about? talking about what Dr. Ralph Winter, (laughs) you know, one of the many missiologists who used to attend this church. And and when I was, when I first began to be mentored by Dr. Winter, he was talking about 16,700 unreached people groups. 16,700. Now we're talking about 6,000. That's during, that's during, since the 80s. We made tremendous, tremendous headway. 
But there's still 6,000 people groups, unique people groups, many of them large, millions of people, with unique language and culture and passions, where, where, where worship doesn't exist because there is no neighbor. <laughs> there is no colleague. There is no workmate who is a follower of Jesus. I have a friend who went on a trip to Thailand, asked a taxi driver, do you know Jesus? And the taxi driver very nonchalantly says, does he live in Bangkok? He had never heard the name of Jesus. For those of us who live in America, it's hard to imagine. But there are 6,000 places, 6,000 unique people groups like that. John Piper goes on to say, worship is the fuel and the goal in missions. It is the goal of missions because in missions, we simply aim to bring the nations into the white hot enjoyment of God's glory. The goal of missions is the gladness of the peoples in the greatness of God. Wow, what a way to say it. That's what it's about. The goal of missions is the gladness of the peoples in the greatness of God. That's the main thing. It is the goal of missions. But he goes on to say it's not just the goal of missions. It's also the fuel. It's the motivation for missions. He says, but worship is also the fuel of missions. Passion for God in worship precedes the offer of God in preaching. You can't commend what you don't cherish. Missionaries will never call out, let the nations be glad, who cannot say from the heart, I rejoice in the Lord. I will be glad and exult in thee. I will sing praises to your name, O Most High. Passion for missions comes from within. It comes from within, from understanding. A life transformed by the living creator God. Who initiated, who inaugurated the kingdom. Who who inaugurated the new creation. So that we are now beginning to live... (laughs) The way we will live in the new heavens and the new earth. That brings us to the key passage for this morning. Psalm 96, 3 to 9. This is an enthronement psalm. Some scholars believe that King David very well may have, have, have written this psalm to install the Ark of the Covenant in the tabernacle shortly after he, he had taken the city of Jerusalem. But it talks about the core values of the nation and why the nation exists. It says, oh, sing to the Lord a new song. 
Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Not a song that we've just sung over and over and over and so long it's become old hat. No, a new song. Something that bubbles up from the inside. A, a, a life that's, that, that's, been, that's been transformed by, 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 by Jesus. Sing to the Lord all the earth. This, if you, if, as you read this psalm, we're not going to be able to read the whole thing, but it is all of creation that is singing to the Lord. It is all of creation. It talked about the heavens and the earth, which is a merism for, for one extreme and the other. It includes everything in it. Talks about the sky, talks about the sea, talks about the mountains, it talks about the, the trees. They're all singing praises to the one amazing God, bless his name, tell his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations. (laughs) That's why. That's the main thing. It's about God's glory. Declare his glory to the nations, the people groups, his marvelous deeds among all peoples, all ethnic groups. Why? Might ask exactly that same question that that young lady asked back in the 80s. Why should we be doing this? Why declare the glory to all the nations, to all the ethnic groups? Why isn't it enough to declare the glory of God among our own people? The psalmist answers it in verse 4. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Money, sex, and power are false idols. They will let you down, but God created the heavens. When I was studying Spanish. Catherine and I were studying Spanish in Costa Rica back in the, 80, back in the 70s. And it, I, I realized that I could say things in Spanish that I could not say in English. Then when we moved to Santiago Atitlan, a Mayan community in, in highlands of Guatemala, and we began to study Sutuhil. I had to say things like, which my mouth wasn't made to say things like that. I realized that I could say things in Sutuhil that I couldn't say in Spanish or English. And I realized there, there's some things that began to come together. Key passages where Adam and Eve were told, fill the earth, fill the whole earth, multiply, fill the whole earth. Why fill the whole earth? He repeated it to Noah, multiply and fill the whole earth. Why fill the whole earth? Tower of Babel, they, they, they did the opposite. They were, we're gonna go, we're gonna, we're gonna build this tower, we're gonna stay here together. And, and God says, no, you aren't. And then he, and he disperses them. Why? Why? It is because God wanted many different ethnic groups, many different languages. You see, the creation, the creation is a reflection of the creator. And humanity is the high point of that creation. 
And according to scripture, humanity is divided up into people groups. So why is it that mentions over and over and over the nations? Every tongue, tribe, nation, and people. We come to the book of Revelation, every tongue, tribe, nation, and people. Why? Why is it so important? Why isn't it enough just to have a group of white Anglo-Saxon Protestants in that, in that new heaven and new earth? It's because God is so great. God is too great a God to just be the God of white Anglo-Saxon Protestants. God is too great a God just to be the God of Mexicans, I tell my dear Mexican friends in Mexico. God is so great, it will require white-hot worshipers from every tongue and tribe and nation and people in his new heaven and new earth to even begin to display the glory of God. You see, God doesn't wear red, white, and blue pants. That's Uncle Sam. Uncle Sam is a great guy. I love Uncle Sam. But he ain't God. And every people group, every ethnic group is a unique expression of the glory of God. Just like every individual is a unique expression, every people group redeemed, not as they are, but has the potential to be a unique reflection of the glory of God. That's why this psalm, even though it's talking about all of creation, it focuses on the peoples, the ethnic groups. So mission is focused. Theologically, it is focused on people groups. Dr. Winter will tell you, give you missiological reasons why we focus on people groups as well. So the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. And the main thing is God's glory. And scripture focuses that on people groups. The strategy, the strategy that, that, that God has developed is that, that God blessed Abraham in order that Abraham be a blessing to all the nations. God blesses us in order that we be a blessing to all the nations. And once a people group receives the blessing from God, then they have the ability and the privilege to cross cultural barriers, to, to cross linguistic barriers, and to take the gospel to all the nations. That's why it is so humbling for me to stand before my Mexican, my dear Mexican friends. Kathy and I are missionaries to Mexicans. We are, we are, we are training, we are, we are recruiting and training Mexicans, missionaries, to go to the most difficult places in the world to focus on those 6,000 that don't have access to the gospel. You know what? They don't have the resources. They don't. Most of the pastors I talk to are bivocational. They do not receive a full salary. The ones that do receive a full salary, it ain't very much. So it's great. How can I, as an, as an American, stand before them and challenge them to give sacrificially to missions? How can I, how can I do that? The only reason 
is because the Bible says that's who we are. And the Bible says that's what we do. And it's ultimately all about God's glory. God bless you. I believe uh, that if the Holy Spirit is going to continue to do the work he's done for over 120 years in this church, I believe there's someone listening right now online or there are people in this room who the theme of this service is the Holy Spirit is tugging on you and this theme of being sent into the nations, something you can do now from your living room here, or maybe there's a bigger call on your life. If that's you, I really encourage you to reach out to Pastor Scott or to anyone at Lake Avenue Church. We want to walk with you, process with you what the Spirit might be doing in your life. Thank you, Larry, so much for bringing this series to a a beautiful conclusion. Uh, Before I ask Roger to uh, send us out in a benediction, I have a gift for you, Roger, on behalf of the staff. And I don't have a face mic, so here we go. Now, now, here's the reason. There's no, no doubt that this is the most handsome and well-dressed pastor on the staff of Lake Avenue Church. My wife reminds me that all the time. If I could just age like Roger, I'll be doing well. Um, but I get the Hawaiian shirt, but I'm just saying in faith and confidence, Roger, there are people in this room who are going to give you their airline miles and send you to Hawaii in their timeshares. So I've done my part, Lake Avenue Church. Now I pass it on to you to get this man and his wife to Hawaii, okay? Thank you. It's been a little tight. Um, uh, Roger, thank you. Before you give us the benediction, would it be all right if I just said, if we could pray for you and Lily, and Lily, if you could just stand there, I guess. Or you could, would you please come up? I know. If you're comfortable and able, would you just extend a hand out towards these saints? Father, there's these rare moments where we recognize your goodness in particular ways. We recognize the truth of your scripture. We recognize the truth that you have set certain people apart uh, to just be especially gifted, to be your hands, your feet, and your voice. And today we have gathered um, to worship you and to celebrate this amazing creation of both Roger and Lily Bosch individually and as a couple. God, we say thank you. Thank you, thank you for this kind and gracious and long-standing gift to your people here at 393 North Lake. We are more like you because of the way you speak and lead them. God, we pray for this next chapter of life for them. We're grateful. We say thank you, Jesus, that they're not leaving. But we do ask, God, that you would mark this new chapter for them in especially beautiful and unpredictable ways. God, we pray over them a continued passion for one another and a passion for their family, a passion for your gospel and your word, and that you would remind them daily of not just their vocational career, having served so faithfully and well, but that you would remind them daily of your love and your presence 
And we ask for continued baptisms. We ask for continued pastoral moments. Continued moments where they sit with strangers and friends and bring them into the truth of who you are through your word and through the power of your Holy Spirit. We bless them. And we ask you, God, to keep them uh, close to you and close to us and so many more in all the years ahead. We say thank you, Jesus. Amen. Roger, will you please give us a benediction? Could we please stand uh, for the benediction this morning? I'm going to be reading the benediction from uh, Jude, the book of Jude. Then following that, we're going to be singing the Jude doxology together. Now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy, to the only God our Savior be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages now and forevermore. Amen.
Go in peace and live by faith.